The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. An explanation is probably long overdue. An explanation? Jesus Christ, Dad, an explanation? Look at me. Look at you. It's not as bad as it looks. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Dad. You mean you knew about this? You knew about this and you didn't tell me? I was hoping I wouldn't have to. Sometimes it skips a generation. I was hoping it would pass you by. Well, Dad, it didn't pass me by. It landed on my face. What the hell am I going to do? <laughs> That's Michael J. Fox being made aware that he's a werewolf. Absolutely. I'm shocked, Pat, you have not seen this No, I movie. haven't seen Teen Wolf. I'm going to have to watch it, though, because your yeah. recommendation is so comprehensive. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. I mean, this, and obviously everyone had a great Halloween yesterday, so we're kind of past our Halloween and gore and slasher movies. We're moving on to the 80s, but a little bit of a subgenre with the high school movies of the 80s. And here we are with Teen Wolf, 1985, Michael J. Fox. Everybody thinks of the 80s, Michael J. Fox with Back to the Future and Secret of My Success and and everything in between, Doc Hollywood. But here he is in one of my favourite kind of comedy fantasies of the genre, um, a high school school student who discovers that he's a werewolf. That was actually his father uh, appearing at the bathroom and the two of them looking at each other as werewolves. Now, if you've not seen it, this is phenomenal. I mean, it's cheesy now if you go back and have a look at it, but the kind of whole idea of the 80s, um, I suppose, high school movie is that we're we're kind of tapping into a cultural time capsule. And uh, this movie uh, starred, obviously, Michael J. Fox, but he wasn't the original actor cast in the lead role. It was actually offered to Eric Stoltz, who, if anyone has a good memory, will know that we covered Back to the Future on this slot. And uh, he was the original actor for Back to the Future as well. So they've always had a dual ship going on and a little bit of a... uh, Now, he had to do this while he was also doing Family Ties. Yes. But uh, you were making the point that it was this movie and Back to the Future that enabled him to kind of cast aside Family Ties. Absolutely. And move on. And move on. be a big Hollywood star. Absolutely. Um, And originally, this movie was titled The Wolf, but it was changed to Teen Wolf. And, you know, at this time, 1985 was a huge gear change and jump change for Michael J. Fox in his career because, um, you know, he had Back to the Future out at the same time, both released in that era and that year. But they wore a Letterman jacket to both films and there were movies that, of course, as you mentioned, helped mm. break him away from family now, ties. Now, this is uh, ostensibly, you know, on the surface, about a werewolf. Yes. A kid who's a werewolf, but it's really about any kid who's different. This is it. And, and challenging the high school movies of the 80s is exactly that. Because people say to me, why do we just always go back and revisit the 80s Hollywood movies? But there's so many incredible themes in 80s films. You know, they have the underdog stories. There's the nostalgia, the empowerment messages. Um, the and soundtrack. I feel good. <laughs> the soundtracks. Exactly. And this is a fantastic soundtrack as well. Mm. All of them do. Let's hear a a clip from another uh, movie from the era, and this is from The Breakfast Club. You know why guys like you knock everything? Oh, this should be stunning. It's because you're afraid. Oh, God, you Richies are so smart. That's exactly why I'm not heavy in activities. You're a big coward. I'm in a math club. So you're afraid that they won't take you. You don't belong, so you just have to dump all over it. Well, wouldn't have anything to do with you activities people being a**holes now, would it? Well, you would know. You don't even know any of us. Well, I don't know any lepers either, but I'm not going to run out and join one of their f-ing clubs. So let's watch the mouth, huh? I'm in the physics club, too. Excuse me a sec. What are you babbling about? Well, what I'd said was, I'm in a math club. 
uh, the Latin club and the physics club. Physics club. Hey. Jerry. Do you belong to the physics club? That's an academic club. So? So academic clubs aren't the same as other kinds of clubs. Ah, but the dorks like him, they are. What do you guys do in your club? In physics, we, we, uh, we talk about physics, uh, properties of physics. So it's sort of social, demented and sad, but social, right? <laughs> it's a th- that's a, a, a terrific clip because it's about a bunch of people who are very unlike each other who end up together. Yeah. Have you seen The Breakfast? I have. OK, good, good. Of course, we're in 1985 here again. And um, it's a funny but very poignant film because, as you said there, it's one of the decade's best films. Everybody loves The Breakfast Club. You have a brain, you have an athlete, you have a basket case, you have a princess and you have a criminal all stuck in a detention centre on a Saturday for a life changing event. He, John Hughes, he is the classic film director and staple of that particular genre but um, these students can't be friends or can they? And that's the whole theme about those 80s high school genre films is, you know, the coming of age themes, the soundtracks as you mentioned, but also the iconic characters that they represent and also, you know, is puberty dangerous? What are we going through? How do we navigate these these feelings and emotions? I mean, no more than The Breakfast Club, we have Weird Science, another great film that came out in 1985. Um, it was really brilliant. Kelly LeBrock, I presume you you also saw that film. And uh, 16 Candles, John Hughes as well. Another amazing yeah. film. So, so, but these movies that you're talking about the, the, and the enduring appeal of uh, the teen movies of that uh, genre, they created a whole clutch of stars. They did. They did. And, you know, when we think of Emilio Estevez, when we think of Rob Lowe, uh, Ferris Bueller, of course, Matthew Broderick, they're all there for the taking. I mean, some of my favourites, Raleigh Ringwald actually is in The Breakfast Club. I saw an interview with her recently enough and you just realise, you know, God, she's never quite grown up. She always seems to be The Breakfast Club um girl to me. She was also in Sixteen Candles as I'd mentioned there before and also Pretty in Pink. But Emilio Estevez was in The Breakfast Club but also St. Elmo's Fire. That's a huge one I wanted to bring up today. Everybody loves St. Elmo's Fire and of course yeah. the coming of age of that now, as well. Now what would today's uh, teenagers make of these movies do you think? Because we look at them with a sense of nostalgia. Mm. I think, you know, I think because the 80s is such a popular genre I think the timelessness of the 80s is not only that there's Teenage, teenage identity issues, which everyone can relate to, of course, and um, the social pressures, but also that desire for understanding and acceptance is still there, prevalent in all of them. I mean, you can look at Fast Times at Richmond High, 1982, Sean Penn, uh, The Last American Virgin, Risky Business is another huge one that, of course, that catapulted Tom Cruise into fame. I think all those authentic, auth, auth, excuse me, authentic themes are still there, even now, 40 years on. So uh, go back to them. That's the message from you. And if you've got teenagers, show them these movies because they look at them and say, when was that? Oh, no, I don't want that. But they will love them. That's the truth of it. All right. Lisa Cannon, TV host, executive producer of Spotlight. Thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.